Welcome to New Covenant Church. You're listening to this week's message with teaching pastor Daryl Feemster. Last week, we talked about a new era. I believe with all my heart, we've entered into something new, different. We talked about a literal Passover, a literal Pentecost, and, and we asked the Lord to baptize us with boldness. And then all this week, if you've been watching any of the news, it's been dark and depressing days. Our nation seems to be ablaze with fear, hatred, vengeance, strife, violence, rioting, protest. It's like everything that can be stirred up is being stirred up as by an invisible hand. You do know there's an enemy, right? Satan goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And I want to show you a verse of Scripture. It's Revelations chapter 12, verse 12, in the voice translation. And I want to introduce to you a new uh, translation of Scripture this morning. The voice translation, we're going to be reading a lot from it. The voice translation is kind of like the message or the passion. Uh, it's a dynamic equivalent translation. What that means is it's not a literal equivalent where you take Greek words and make them into the literal equivalent of that word, but a dynamic equivalent it means that it takes the Greek word and it expresses it in the vernacular of your culture, of your, of your day. And so the voice uh, translation is just a different way of saying sometimes, you know, you can hear something so often you stop listening. You can see something so often that you don't see it anymore. And so we want to share with you Revelation 12:11 from the voice translation. It says this, Therefore rejoice, O all you heavens, celebrate all you live in them. But disaster will befall the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to your spheres, and he is incredibly angry because he knows his time is nearly over. Read that again. Because he knows his time is nearly over. This week, as Pastor Chris and I have talked, and then I think he even shared this on one of his video daily videos, that uh, it's like the impression that we're getting is that the Satan is like he's he's clawing with his fingernails, trying to hold on to what he's got, and he's come down with great wrath, trying to hold on to what he can hold on to. But you realize, verse 12 comes after verses 10 and 11. Verse 10 says this, Then I heard a great voice in heaven, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His anointed one have come. Say now with me. Now. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who relentlessly accuses them day and night before our God has been cast down and silenced. Yeah. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their witnesses, they have become victorious over Him. For they did not hold on to their lives even under the threat of death. The devil knows he has a short time. He knows that his time is almost done and his hold is limited. So what are we to do in a day like we're living? How are we to respond? I want you to turn to Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. 
And we're going to begin reading in verse 1. But Isaiah, Isaiah in the Old Testament, it's an Old Testament prophecy, prophet. And it has 66 books. It's almost like a Bible by itself. In the last seven chapters, chapters 60 through 66, Isaiah starts to prophesy a new day. The last days, the days of the Lord. And I want you to know what he says in the first verse of that new section of Isaiah. He says, and I'm going to read out the Amplified. Arise from the depression and the prostration in which circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and dense darkness all peoples. But the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen on you and the nations shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. Arise, shine. For the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Some people say that this prophecy in these last seven chapters of Isaiah are talking about the time in the millennium after Jesus has come. But I don't think there's going to be deep darkness covering the earth after Jesus has come. I think the light of the world will be here. But I think it's speaking of another day, a day before Jesus comes, a day of the Lord. In the Passion Translation of this same, I want you to listen to it. It says, rise up in splendor and be radiant, for your light has dawned, and Yahweh's glory now streams from you. Look carefully, darkness blankets the earth, and thick gloom covers the nations. But Yahweh arises upon you, and the brightness of His glory appears over you. Nations will be attracted to your radiant light, and kings to the sunrise glory of your new day. I realize in a day that we're living in, there's so many of us that feel defeated. Others are worn out. How many of you quit watching the news? You just wore out. We're weakened by the increasing gloom of the world. Yet I want to tell you this morning, I've never been filled with more hope than I am this morning because of what God is showing me. It, it, right here in the middle of what's going on, where depression would, would otherwise capture our attention, we are commanded to arise and stand up. To throw off oppression is not just an act of faith of believing God, it is an act of obedience. It's time to cancel your plans to be miserable. Stop being afraid. There's one on the throne. Through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have broke our covenant with death and darkness. We can respond to the voice of our destiny. It is God's plan that here on earth, in us, the glory of the Lord to be revealed. What does that mean? That same luminous, radiant light of His presence... That Moses had on his face when he came down from the mount having received the law. That same glory that flooded Solomon's temple when he dedicated it unto the Lord. That same glory that bathed the, the disciples that were with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was transfigured before them. That light of God's presence shall arise from within us 
at the end of the ages, in the day of the Lord. This is not something that, I'm going to say it, it's not optional. It's, it's the word of the Lord. It's going to happen because it's His glory. It's not something you have to make happen, but it's something you can participate in. And I can hear people saying, but you don't realize I'm, I'm unworthy. Well, let me answer you. Yes, you are. Of course you are. This is not about you anymore. This is about Jesus, about His glory, His purpose in the earth right now. Don't let your feeling of unworthiness become a smokescreen for unbelief. Arise, shine. Shake yourself from the depression in which circumstances have kept you. You are standing at the threshold of God's glory. Another prophecy, Malachi chapter 4. It's going to be on the screen, the voice translation. Malachi, speaking of a day of the Lord. For behold, the day of burning will come, smoldering like a furnace. The arrogant and the evil will be set ablaze like the worthless shaft of grain. Neither roots nor branch will remain. I, the eternal, commander of heavenly armies, promise this. But look at verse 2. But for you, the ones who tremble at the sound of my name, a warm sun of righteousness will come forth with healing in its rays. And you will go out springing from the stalls like calves in open pasture. Then you will trample the criminal. Your feet will make them ash on the day I'm preparing. I, the eternal commander of heavenly armies, promise this. It's a promise of God. But I want you to see something. This day of the Lord is a promise of God. But the same day is going to have two effects. As God's glory gets closer, as closer in presence to this earth, it's going to inflame Cause to come to blaze that which is evil. In order that it might be dealt with. And at the same time that it's inflaming evil, it's going to be a warm sun of righteousness upon those who fear His name. And it's going to come with healing. Scripture says in its wings. It's coming with it. Isn't it amazing? The day of the Lord is going to be some, a fire that's going to burn up the shaft of their life, exposing its evil. And the same day is going to be just a warm sun of healing and power and the treading upon of evil by those who fear the Lord. The same event, the day of the Lord, simultaneously manifests from one eternal source. The sun will rise with healing in its rays. The Apostle Paul saw all of this. And he told the Ephesians, Paul saw this day, this day of the Lord, and knew. And In fact, Paul really believed that it was going to happen while he was alive. He, he, he almost was, you could just feel him on tiptoe saying, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Verse 9 of chapter 1 of Ephesians says, that God has enlightened us to the great mystery at the center of His will. With immense pleasure, He's laid out His intentions through Jesus. 
Note verse 10, a plan that will climax when the time is right as he returns to create order and unity both in heaven and on earth when all things are brought together under the anointed's royal rule. In him we stand to inherit even more as heirs We are predestined to play a key role in His unfolding purpose that is in energizing everything to conform to His will. I want you to notice that with a plan that will climax at the right time and you've been predestined to play a key role in it. Because you too... Oh, excuse me. As a result, we, the first to place our hope in the Anointed One, will live in a way to bring Him glory and praise. Because you too have heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation. And because you believed in the One who is truth, your lives are marked with His seal. There's none of, this is none other than the Holy Spirit who was promised as the guarantee toward the inheritance we are to receive when He frees and rescues all who belong to Him to God. God be all praise and glory. God has a plan. And that plan will be right on time. Paul uses a word in the Greek. It's kairos. There's two words in the Greek. Kronos means like clock, clockwork, clock time. Kairos means opportune or fullness of time or the right time. And he's saying at just the right time, all things are going to be brought together under Christ's rule. And here's the thing that I don't think we get. And we, God has predestined for us to play a key role in His unfolding purpose. Listen to me. He's not going to do it without you. You're included. You're a part of this. God doesn't want just to bring a plan, but He wants you to be an expression of His glory. Look at verse 15. This is why when I heard of the faith of the Lord Jesus that's present in your community and of your great love for all God's people, I've not stopped thanking Him for you. I'm continually speaking to Him on your behalf in my prayers. And here's what I say. God of our Lord Jesus, the anointed Father of glory, I call out to you on behalf of your people. Give them minds ready to receive wisdom and revelation so they will truly know you. Open the eyes of their hearts and let the light of your truth flood in. Shine your light on the hope you're calling them to embrace. Reveal to them the glorious riches you are preparing as their inheritance. Let them see the full extent of your power that is at work in those of us who believe. And may it be done according to your might and power. And then he says, friends, it's this same might and resurrection power that he used in the anointed one to raise him from the dead and to position him at the right hand in heaven. There's nothing over him. He's above all rule, authority, power, and dominion over every name invoked, over every title bestowed in this age and the next. God has placed all things beneath his feet and anointed him as head over all things for his church. His ecclesia, His body. And I want you to notice something here, and I want you to see it. I'm seeing it more clearly than I've ever seen it before. Christ is coming in glory to His church before He comes in glory in the world. 
Christ is coming in glory to His church. Before and even as He comes in glory in the world. Now Paul thought all of it was going to happen in his day. Every generation has thought it's going to happen in their day. Paul felt it. He saw it. He longed for it. He declared it. He was absolutely accurate with what he saw. That's what I want you to hear. Because sometimes we we think because we've read it so long and it hasn't come to pass that it's not going to come to pass. Paul saw it. The eternal Father promised it. It's going to come. He longed for it. He declared it. And he was absolutely accurate with what he saw, what he heard, and what he experienced. What none of us know is the timing. What Paul didn't know, but yet he expected any day was the process. You see, God was long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, that, that all would have space to come to repentance and life. God's been waiting for you. He's been waiting for me. You think, are you kidding me? Waiting for me? Waiting for you? I can see he's waiting for you, but I can't see him waiting for me. Look at verse 6 in 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4, 6. The God who spoke light into existence, saying, Let light shine from the darkness, is the very one who sets our hearts ablaze to shed light on the knowledge of God's glory revealed in the face of Jesus, the Anointed One. In other words, the same light that God spoke into existence, He is literally letting, shining in our hearts, setting our hearts ablaze with this same light. In the knowledge of the glory of Jesus. But then look at verse 7. But this beautiful treasure is contained in us. Cracked pots. And many of you feel like a cracked pot. This beautiful treasure is contained in us. Cracked pots made of earth and clay. So that the transcendent character of this power will be clearly seen as coming from God and not from us. God planned it this way. We are cracked and chipped from our afflictions on all sides, but we're not crushed by them. We're bewildered, to say the least, at times. But we don't give in to despair. We're persecuted, but we've not been abandoned. We've been knocked down, but we are not destroyed. We always carry around in these bodies the reality of the brutal death and suffering of Jesus. And as a result, His resurrection life rises and reveals its wondrous power in our bodies as well. God is going to be doing this with you. Cracked pots and all. Problems, pressures. Trials and troubles, all of them. It's all saying it's going to happen, and yet right in the middle of it, God is going to rise and shine in glory and power through His church, through you. God's not going to do it without you. And I know sometimes we think, you know, we, there's all kinds of teaching about end times and all kinds of teachings about the rapture and the coming and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm seeing something different than I've seen before. And I, I want to close with it. Because 
It's found in Second uh, Peter one nineteen, and Peter is introducing and he's talking about about believing the prophets, and and he says we have a fuller confirmation of the message of the prophets. You would do well to pay close attention to this word. It is like a light that shines for you in the darkness of night until the day dawns when the morning star rises in your own hearts. I want you to note the word morning star. I put a picture up here of the morning star right up the top of the left. You do know that the morning star only shines the brightest. It shines the brightest right before dawn. The morning star shines brightest right before the sun comes up. And Peter is telling us something that I think we need to hear. I got an idea that God is going to do something in the church before he comes. He's going to be doing something in the church. The morning star rising in our own hearts. Now, now let me just explain this. The morning star is actually the planet Venus situated in the eastern sky just above the horizon. And it's positioned in such a place as to reflect the light of the sun before the sunrise. Venus has no light of its own. It's just the position at the end of the night that reflect that the day is coming. Okay? It's just positioned while it's still dark. It's positioned while it's still night. You see, daylight doesn't happen like that. Daylight happens as the sun rises. I got a feeling that before Jesus literally comes physically to this earth, He's going to let that morning star shine. That bright and morning star of His reflection of His glory. Because I think He's still not willing that any should perish. I think He's still wanting the glow of His glory to show everybody what's about to happen. In order that we might believe, we might receive, and we would be standing as His people, as His body, as His bride, watching, waiting. God has made us morning stars. We don't have a light of our own, but He's positioned us to reflect the light in the middle of the night or in the last of the night. The glory of God shall rise within us and reflect His light. God has a plan right in the middle of these days. He's planned your participation. And here's the command, arise. Shine. The Lord will arise over you and His glory will be seen upon you. The same God who said, let there be light, is saying, arise. Shine. You can't make it happen, but you can position yourself in a place to where you can say, Lord, shine in me. Shine through me, right in the middle of the darkness, so the world will know that Jesus is Lord. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 